Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Chrissy G and I am Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Today is Wednesday, November 22nd, and we are reading from the big book page XXVI, first paragraph after the physician who at our request through two paragraphs ending with for which we cannot otherwise account comments on both. Today's readers today are 12 Steps, Isabel F, 12 Traditions, 12 Traditions are Athena B, Big Book readers are Sherry KB at Mo H, and um, the Share ID for Tuesday, November 21st, 10 a.m. is 10,698. For Wednesday, November 22nd, 7 a.m. is 10,700. That's 10700. Our OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Isabel F. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm Isabel F., a recovered uh, compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we, we had harmed and become willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct, direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Then, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of his steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much, and happy Thanksgiving to all.
Bye-bye. Same to you, Isabel. Thank you. I will now ask Athena B. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, everyone. This is Athena B., Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. These are the 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare comes Welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but what one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me be of service. I pass. Thank you, Athena. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to, sh- to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year. For readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book, page XXVI, first paragraph after The physician at our request through two paragraphs ending for which we cannot otherwise account. I will now ask Shari K.B. to to begin reading. Good morning, Chrissy. Good morning, everybody. This is Shari K.B. in Northern California. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you for your service, Chrissy. Mm -hmm. And everybody on the line. The physician who at our request gave us this letter has been quite enough, has 
been quite enough to enlarge upon his views in another statement which follows. In this statement, he confirms that he that we who have suffered alcoholic torture must must believe that the body of the alcoholic is quite as abnormal as his mind. It did not satisfy us to be told that we could not control our drinking just because we were maladjusted to life, that we were in full flight from reality or were outright mental defectives. These things were true to some extent, in fact, to a considerable extent with some of us. But we are sure that our bodies were sickened as well. In our belief, any picture of the alcoholic which leaves out this physical factor is incomplete. The doctor's theory that we have an allergy to alcohol interests us. As laymen, our opinion as to its soundness may, of course, mean little. But as ex-problem drinkers, we can say that his explanation makes good sense. It explains many things for which we cannot otherwise account. So, um, wow, this is this is so amazing to me because I I have been in OA for many years. I wish that when I came into the rooms that it was uh, part of the reading to read the doctor's opinion because if I knew then what I know now would have made such a difference in my life. I did not know that I had a twofold illness. I didn't know that I suffered from alcoholic torture, from compulsive overeating torture. And it's saying here that alcoholic that we've suffered alcoholic torture must believe that the body of the alcoholic is quite as abnormal as his mind. So I, I'm allergic to certain foods. When I pick up certain foods, I can't control how long I'll eat them and when I'll stop and for how long. Um, I know that I have an allergy to, if you want to call it an allergy, you want to trigger foods, alcoholic foods, binge foods, whatever you want to call them. I know that I cannot ingest them because I'll be off to the races and I have no idea how long I will be in the binge and for how how long it'll take me to stop. I have no control of it whatsoever. Um, I used to think it was a moral issue, and I found out that, you know, I actually have a disease. And I wish I had known that because it would have made all the difference in the world. Not only the, um, you know, the allergy of the body, I also cannot do certain compulsive food behaviors. I cannot, for example, I cannot, I could eat a baked potato. I could eat a plain one. I could have a quarter of a baked potato, but if you say, hey, Siri, have a baked potato with some butter and salt on it, I'm going to eat 10 easily. So that's where I know that even the ingredients, the compulsive food behaviors, um, I, I really have to have all that down. And that's just the beginning. That's just the ticket in the door. That gets me abstinent so that I can deal with everything else that's been going on between my ears that I didn't realize because I was so face down in the food. And how perfect that we're reading the doctor's opinion at this time, because tomorrow to me is a gratitude Thursday, which used to be a binge Thursday of would last for so long that I couldn't tell you when it would end, maybe the next year possibly, if I was lucky. So I am so grateful for this book. I'm so grateful for the doctor's opinion that it it tells me exactly what my issue is that I never knew I had, and for so many years, I used to beat myself up because I didn't know that I had a twofold illness. I didn't know it wasn't my fault, but what I do know, it's my responsibility now to do something about it, which I can, uh, doing this work, being in this book, leaning on my higher power, and, and letting my higher power keep me abstinent. I put the food down, but my higher power is the one who keeps me abstinent, 
Thank you so much. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sherry KB. We'll now open our meeting. We, we are reading from the big book, page XXVI, first paragraph after the physician at our request, through two paragraphs ending for which we cannot otherwise account. Who would like to start speaking? Ginger C. Kathleen O. Ginger C. and Kathleen O. Reggio. Reggio. Wendy N. Paula D. Wendy. Paula D. So I have Ginger C, Reggie O, I think there's a Kathleen, Wendy M, and Paula D. Anyone else? Yeah. Uh, Who is the gentleman? O Ray B from Los Angeles. O Ray B. Okay, let's stop there. We got Ginger C up first, followed by Reggie O. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for your service. This is Ginger C, recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado. And um, I hate to use this analogy, but I'm feeling like a kid in a candy store. Oh, I love this big book, and this is one of my favorite, favorite places. Um, this maladjusted to life. And that's exactly what I lived before I found these clear-cut directions. You know, God would present me new information, and I always went sideways. You know, I wanted life on Ginger's terms, not God's terms, because it was too scary. I couldn't go through it. I couldn't handle it. And don't you know, food was my best friend. I got uncomfortable. Because that's what life is about, is learning to be comfortable in the uncomfortable. But I couldn't do it. And then I had this bite that would take the edge off, that would just alter that mood or that emotion or that experience. So it is such a miracle today because of this trust and reliance with a higher power that I have never experienced. I was 24 years sober in AA never had tapped into God like I'm tapped in today. And that is how I'm allowed to go through this life now with God and God's terms, not Ginger's. And it's so amazing. Not only am I going through for the first time, I'm growing through this thing called life. And I'm deepening into this power by allowing it to be exactly as it's supposed to be. I don't know. But I know and I trust in this higher power completely, and I allow him to run the show. And I have to tell you, my heart is so heavy this morning. My mom um, is very ill, and I had made a plane ticket to fly out to see her for her 80th birthday next month. And God has other plans. Her therapist called me yesterday and canceled this. It's too much for her right now. But, you know, I don't personalize it. I'm just feeling the feelings because if I don't, I'll be wearing them. I'll be putting the food back in my body. But it's amazing that this, that this God can present me with this information, and I'm not eating over it. I'm crying. Wow. Unbelievable. So if you're struggling, put the fork down and watch these miracles happen for you too, because I know this has nothing to do with me. I destruct. I'm an addict. I lie, cheat, and steal. And today, because of these directions and following them completely, precisely as it's laid out, I've been transformed. This inner reworking is within me. 
and I'm more about you than me. The selfishness, self-centeredness has come now to be other-centeredness and allowing people to have their dance. My mom has a perfect dance with her higher power, and I get to allow it. So I am so grateful, so grateful for this big book and uh, my manual for living. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. And we have Reggie O up next, followed by Kathleen. Chrissy, good morning. Kathleen O was just before me. Okay. Do you want? Um, sure, to... I'll go ahead. I just yeah, I just wanted to make. I didn't know if you got her in or not. You said her name. Thank you. Yeah. Shall okay, I go, go ahead? ahead. Okay, yes, please. great. Thank, thanks so much. Good morning, uh, everybody. Chrissy, thanks so much for your service this morning, and uh, and for everyone who's on the phone. I'm Reggie. Oh, very gratefully recovered <clears throat> from compulsive eating, living in the Los Angeles area, and. Boy, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't remember reading the doctor's opinion actually before I came into vision, although I'd done the steps multiple times. And what a, what a missing, what a missing piece that was. But, you know, this part about, um, you know, we were in full flight from reality or we're outright mental defectives. I mean, that certainly was me. I can look, at, I can look back on that and see that, you know, with a clear mind where I didn't see it before. And I, you know, I, I've also, you know, been recovered once before without having all of this information because the compulsion had been lifted, led me to great, you know, things in my life. And one of them was going back to uh, grad school. I got a degree in clinical uh, practice and studies. And, you know, I started pulling away from OA then. And one of the things was um, that I thought that, yeah, I'll get, I'll learn all these things about, you know, my childhood and my, my behavior and my motivations and what's wrong and, uh, and, and then I'll be okay. And, uh, you know, that, that was not the case. But I also have this other memory of when I was like four years old being in the back seat of mom and dad's car. They were in the front seat and we were driving home from the commissary and I was in the back seat with the groceries. And I <clears throat> pulled out a loaf of white bread and uh, probably a half gallon of milk. And I started bawling up the, I don't remember ever having done this, anything like this before, but started bawling up the bread uh, and eating it one after another after another and guzzling the milk. And then I think it must have taken me to another dimension because that's all that's all I remember. And uh, so learning that, you know, that there are not only certain things that I cannot eat uh, without it, you know, causing me to have an amazing irresistible urge to eat them again, uh, as well as having this mental obsession that causes me to do that, even when I'm not under the influence of the allergy, is really amazing, you know. And and the doctor's opinion, you know, is here first, even before I guess the big the rest of the book, because, you know, it is that part. I have to get my mind clear. I have to put down those alcoholic foods and behaviors before I can actually do the work. Uh, before I can do the work of the twelve steps, which then remove the obsession and it's just an amazing it's amazing wisdom and information to have and uh, i'm just ever so grateful for it so thank you i'll pass and thank you reggio now we have kathleen o up followed by wendy m good morning thank you chrissy thank you for your service um, this is kathleen o recovered compulsive overeater in northern california and, you know, I, too, was in um, 12-step program 
for not being able to control what I ate and never read the doctor's opinion. So still never heard these words, never understood fully what was going on. Um, and, you know, these are oh, such a blessing to, to understand that I have an allergy of the body. Um, in his statement, he confirms what we who have suffered alcoholic torture must believe that the body of the alcoholic is quite ab as abnormal as his mind. And I must believe this. You know, some people are born with blue eyes, and there's a reason for that. They don't wake up every morning and say, you know, oh, let me check. Maybe today I don't have blue eyes. Um, they don't think that their eye color is going to change. Um, it's, a, it's a fact. It's a given. And, you know, there are some people who can't eat strawberries, can't eat peanuts, can't eat shellfish without their throat closing up. They don't wake up in the morning and say, well, maybe today I'll eat that peanut um, and see if it doesn't happen. I mean, they know. And, and that's where I had to get in, in my addiction to food. I had to realize that I, you know, my body is not like normal people. And I knew that, but I didn't understand it was an allergy. Um, you know, I would see people, normal eaters, eat part of something and say they were full. Um, or they would they would start to eat and they said that you know they go oh you know I I was um, eating a sandwich and um, I started doing something and I forgot to finish it I never forgot to finish anything and I was never able to stop once I started eating these trigger foods that would just make me go crazy um, and it was torture it was torture to be in a place where I would see I would see my hand going to my face eating more and more finishing bags finishing boxes finishing cartons of things I couldn't stop so today I know what the I know what the problem is and I know what the solution is and as long as I guard you know my abstinence the same way I take care of and keep safe my little dogs that I love immensely on a daily basis that as long as I take care to put as much effort into this program and working these steps and working with others as I did figuring out what I was going to eat, how I was going to eat it. And I mean, I spent hours a day doing that. So this program doesn't take as much time as it used to when I was in the food. And thank you, I passed. Thank you, Kathleen. We have Wendy M up next, followed by Paula D. Uh, yes, good morning. This is Wendy M. Recovered gratefully in Boulder, Colorado. And thank you all for your service this morning. And um, I thank God for the absence that I have this morning as well. Such a gift. Um, so I call, I love this page as well. And um, so I call this page the game changer. This is the game changer. You know, I, I say I was in the world of black and white, one dimension. Now I'm in Technicolor, and it's really four dimensions, sometimes six, depending on the day. And um, that's because of this one line, the body of the alcoholic is quite as, as normal as his mind. And, you know, for 15 years in a way, I read this page, maybe, I have no idea. Um, but I've never heard of it. I've never heard of this. I never got it. Um, and then a year and a half ago, working with a vision sponsor, um, it came to life. 
And the other thing that it did is it gave me a solution. It gave me, I mean, the information that we're, I have a physical allergy was so useful. Um, it was such great news. It was such a relief. Um, and it explained everything, right? It explained why I ate the way I ate. Um, and the fact that, you know, I go to a restaurant today and the first thing I say is I'm allergic to flour and sugar of all kinds. And then they get it. I don't have to show them the big book. I don't have to read them the doctor's opinion. I don't have to do a whole explanation. Um, it's just it's just the facts, you know. And and the thing is, it's just it's a physical allergy. And again, the obsession of the mind comes with that as well. But it explains, you know, everything that I couldn't explain before. And I love reading it to the newcomer. This, you know, you're not lazy. You're not weak-willed. This is not about willpower. Even to this day, my family will say, you have such good willpower. And I just smile. You know, I do not need to read them the entire doctor's opinion. They don't have to get it. And even tomorrow, I'll be bringing my food to the occasion so that I can give to the occasion, not get from the occasion. What can I offer? How can I be useful? How can I be a maximum usefulness to my family tomorrow? Um, as opposed to how can I be completely uh, figuring out what parts of the cranberry is a piece of fruit that I can eat? How can I call the top of the, the pie, you know, a, a protein? How can I, you know, all that stuff that I did in my head, you know. So it's just this, there's nothing like, you know, and as someone said on the line earlier today, this is the first time in history that the um, explanation of an allergy, that the addict, that addiction is physical as well as um, the mental twist, the mental obsession. The first time, it's really a game changer. It's the difference between me being an OA for 15 years, slipping and sliding because I didn't get it. I never knew. I heard it, but I never got it that I had this physical allergy. Um, and the minute I got it, boom, I was entirely abstinent. It was easy breezy for me. I got that, you know, God consciousness really quickly into it. Um, and if you're struggling, if you're not abstinent yet, whatever your situation in relapse, it is so much easier to be entirely abstinent. That's what this page says. It says be entirely abstinent um, than being in the food. It's so much harder to be in the food. It was so much harder for me to be slipping and sliding in OA, sponsoring many people, speaking on a circuit. I mean, I was not entirely abstinent. I did not understand this game-changing piece. And it is such good news for us because then the solution is simple. We just apply it. You get entirely abstinent because you have a physical allergy. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Wendy. Um, we have Paula D. up followed by Oray B. Good morning. This would be Paula D. Uh, currently in uh, New Hampshire, recovered by and with the grace of God. Boy, what a f wonderful way to come into Thanksgiving. No, I'm going to change that to live in Thanksgiving. It's so much more than a day. And, and I think this is what this teaches me. But as I read and as I listen, where I was and where I am, in this statement, he confirms that we who have suffered... Uh, Alcohol torture. It was always a thought. It was always a think and then a drink, a bite, a drug. It always began in the mind. How was I to combat this? And then it tells you it's both. 
It did not satisfy us to be told that we could not control our drinking just because we were maladjusted to life. Really? That's the best you can do? Is to tell me I'm maladjusted to life? When I was quiet, I knew. But there's something here that we were in full flight from reality. That is where the living problem was. You know, actually, in Webster's Dictionary, they use both words together, not full in flight by themselves. May I read you what it means? Fleeing at great speed, escaping rapidly. You see, that's what I was doing. Trying to escape reality, what was real to what was not. But you know, I want to go, that full flight, you know, it was like I was bored in a plane, but it never landed. Always in circles, circling, circling, circling. When I read this, I could come in for a landing. When you come to this place where your bodies were sickened as well, and then it completes the picture for you, and I believe any picture of the alcoholic, which leaves out the physical factor, is incomplete. When something is incomplete, you don't have the tools and what you need to work with it. There's the steps. To come to this conclusion is freedom. I was looking the other way. I thought it was bondage. No, not at all. So now I celebrate Thanksgiving every day. And I give thanks for this program and for the God in my life. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula D. We have Ori B. up next. Uh, this is Ori B. from Los Angeles. Can I be hurt? Yes, you can. So, <clears throat> yeah. I've, in the past, like, you know, I've heard this thousands of times. Like, I, you know, I've gone through workshops. I've read the big book, you know, and gone through the work several times. But I think the difference for me now, you know, like, I, it's one thing to intellectually understand, you know, what the doctor is talking about. And, and, I, and I, you know, I'm a smart guy. Like, I understood what he's saying. And to, to, to some extent, um, I believed it was true, and at that time, you know, I, I thought I, I thought I, I had thoroughly understood this. I thought that I believed this, but there is a de- there was a deeper level of understanding and awareness around this area for me um, this time around. And when I say like thoroughly convinced, like I'm thoroughly convinced of this. For me, like the, it is clear as a bell that this is me. Like, I have no business eating ghetto Chinese food. I don't know if all the visionaries have that where they're living at, but out here we have, like, these dollar Chinese food spots. I call it ghetto Chinese food. Like, I have no business eating that. I have no business eating, you know, chips and cookies. And, you know, when they bring churros into the job and set the big box of churros right behind my desk, they know not to ask me because they know, you know, I, I, I know that I can't handle those items. It's just something about it. When it touches my tongue, it produces a sensation in my body that I crave more of it all the time. Even before, even before this call, like I was, it, I just randomly started thinking about how I still remember the first time I had cheesecake. 
Like, like that, that, I think that's evidence that I'm a food addict. Like, if I can remember that moment, I remember where I was, what I was, what I, what I was wearing. It was a big moment for me. So I have no business dealing with that. And I also liked how the visionaries talked, other visionaries talked about how this is just the, like, this is just my entry ticket into what's really going to happen here. And, you know, I, like, I no longer have to go around trying to convince people of, you know, that I don't, I don't have to go and carry this torch and say, and try to beat people over the head with this right here. Like, I think like, me being convinced of it has made me quieter in a sense as far as, like, I believe it. It's not my – I can't – you know, I don't have the power to convince somebody else. I can be persuasive, and I can lay it out in front of people, but just like me, I had to be tortured to get to a point where I was fully convinced and sold on what the doctor was talking about here. And now it's like it's just freedom. It's so – like, I need to have guidelines around food. And that's, you know, I weigh and measure for the most part. I don't eat certain things. And I go about my business. Now I go about my business of recovery, and it's so freeing. And uh, I'm just grateful that I'm where I am today. It's easier on this side than it was before. Like some, like somebody else said earlier, like it's just so much easier. I, I, like I don't understand how it's easier, but it is. Like it's just Until like now that, yeah, now that the fight is not there, it's just easier to be on this side. So thank you very much. And I pass. Thank you, Arabi. Now we'll open the meeting up for more shares. We were reading Big Book page XXVI. First paragraph after the physician who at our request through two paragraphs ending with for which we cannot otherwise account. There's a lot of noise on the line. Deb A. Deb A. Donna L. Mary H. Donna Mary. Terry H. Terry H. Jody EQ. Jody EQ. Okay. We'll start with Deb. I don't have the first initial of your last name, followed by Donna. Hi, my name is Deb A., recovered compulsive overeater in Chicago. I'm grateful to be on the meeting today. Um, I love the doctor's opinion when he, of course, explains the allergy of the body. Um, years ago, I was just um, just divorced, and I had my, it was me and my daughter, and, she, and I would get into this terrible fight after eating, you know, whatever I was eating, some sugar product. And we'd both be crying, and I'd be apologizing, I'd be, I'm so sorry, it's the sugar, it's the sugar. And she said, well, stop eating the sugar. And I just thought, that is, is that a possibility? How could anybody stop eating sugar? I just didn't, I ignored it completely. I knew what it was doing to me, but I didn't think that was, um, that was possible. I couldn't imagine anybody not eating sugar. And then years later in the program, it came up again because I was listening to a podcast by Ruth and she said, some people can't eat fruit. And I thought, can't eat fruit? How could somebody not eat fruit? And then that's me too. So it was, it, it was very interesting the, the way I thought, like somebody can't live without this. But yes, somebody can. And then um, I heard, on a, well, for 
years ago when I went to weigh and pay, I was told that fat people hate themselves. And I thought, oh, that's the reason I hate myself so bad. So I lost all my weight and I kept it off any way I possibly could, but I still hated myself. So, you know, so um, actually vision cleared that up in my mind. And I know that that's not true. It isn't the fat that makes me hate myself. It's, you know, the need for working the steps and, um, and sticking to my program. And for that, I'm so grateful today. And thank you for letting me share. And I pass. Thank you, Debbie A. And we have Donna. I don't have your, the last initial, the first initial of your last name. Is there a Donna star one? Hi, um, it's Donna L. Thank you, Donna L. Go ahead. Okay, about a year and a half ago, I found this phone meeting on the internet. I listened for a few minutes and then I called this friendly voice. She told me that overeaters have an allergy of the body and obsession of the mind and that I would always have it. I was devastated, but I was also relieved because now I know what my problem is. What a revelation that was. Um, I do have a few allergic foods, and I also discovered that if I overeat at a meal, even though they are safe foods, this sets up an allergic reaction too, and I want to keep eating, even though I know I have had enough, even though I'm full. The obsession takes over, and I can binge over this, just like I had eaten one of my allergic foods. Um, but to end on a good and happy note, I can and have discovered from this condition through working the 12 steps. I have recovered. I'm sorry. This has changed my life, and because of that, I'm thankful for this allergy. The big book, especially the doctor's opinion, points out my problem and my solution. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Donna L. We have Mary, followed by Terry H. Mary, what's the first initial of your last name? Good morning. This is Mary H. from H. Northern California, and I'm a hi, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and glad to be able to say that. Glad to be able to know that about myself. But I wanted to say about this these paragraphs was. You know, this is when we're being introduced to the allergy, the concept of the allergy. And, um, of course, well, for me, I think like a lot of others, I had never read the doctor's opinion or the big book in OA and been in for years. And I got some relief. I got a lot of fellowship. I didn't feel alone. Um, But I kept going back to the food. You know, I'd have some periods of relief and go back to the food. And I really thought that was all I could expect. And and then it just started to be not enough. It's like, well, this is just not enough. And um, um, so what I kind of felt like in those times was that um, somehow I didn't get the memo from corporate. You know, somehow I didn't get, I was in this large group and... I was hearing a lot of rumors, a lot of speculation, you know, and I heard things like, don't take that first compulsive bite. And I would think, well, why not? Or, well, how do I tell if it's compulsive? And 
um, sometimes I can have a cookie and sometimes I can't because I'll have 10. And so I don't, I just was confused about so much of the food part, which, you know, was kind of an important part to know until I feel like I I finally got the memo from corporate that here's the answer. Here are the instructions, you know, stop listening to all the rumors and um, this is what's going on. This is what you need to follow to be able to, uh, I don't know, you know, my corporate memo is the best analogy, but um, it just all of a sudden with understanding the doctor's opinion and having someone explain it to me um, and how I could see it as a compulsive overeater, just huge sigh of relief. It's just, you know, I mean, I wasn't crazy about the fact that I would have to give up some foods, but by then I didn't care. I was so sick that I needed anything. I was willing to do anything. And um, so I think that's just what I wanted to share this morning is what a relief to get the message and um, a clear message. And um, and I'm grateful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Mary H. We have Terry H. up, followed by Jody E.Q. Hi, everyone. My name is Terry H., a recovered compulsive overeater, bulimic, and anorexic in North Carolina. Very grateful today. Beautiful day. Um, that the body of the alcoholic is as quite as abnormal as his mind. You know, I don't understand all the biology and all the yada yada regarding, you know, the effects of uh, the certain foods on my body. All I know is that when I eat certain foods, my body has an abnormal reaction to those foods. And, you know, I want them more and more and more. I want to continue to eat them. And, you know, and then I would purge and continue to eat them. And then I would purge and I would be sick. And then I would restrict for days. And it was just that cycle, you know, um, in my body. And, you know, once I was able to put those foods down and identify and put those foods down, I had the ability to work on my mind, the obsession, and and to work on that peace and and work through the 12 steps. And I'm just really grateful for that. Um, You know, I I didn't get it at first, to be honest. My sponsor, you know, took me through this process. I was like, really, you know? But, you know, I was sharing with a sponsee this morning that one of my binge foods was circus peanuts. And I didn't buy one. I bought bags at the dollar store and, you know, I would just sit there and eat them and eat them and eat them over until I got sick and then I would purge them all up. And if they didn't melt inside of me and turn to liquid, it it would hurt my throat and I did some damage to that. But it didn't stop me. I just kept doing it over and over because I couldn't deal with life and that's, you know, that's the effect that I was tra- chasing to try to get out of whatever and my body just continue to want them. And so today I get that because I, I have the clarity today to understand that. And I know today that I can't eat any of those binge foods in any form. And, you know, and I'm very grateful for that. I'm very grateful that, you know, I'm healthy and I have a program that I can work um, to deal with life on life's terms and I don't have to go to those foods. I don't want them. You know, I can even talk about them today. I couldn't even talk about them before. 
And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to um, the next few days. And, uh, you know, I really um, thank everyone for sharing and showing up and sharing their experience, strength, and hope with me. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Terry H. We have Jody EQ up next. Good morning, everyone. This is Jody EQ, gratefully recovered in California. So the allergy to alcohol, this theory, the doctor's theory that we have an allergy to alcohol interests us. It explains many things for which we cannot otherwise account. I can really understand and agree with that. You know, I couldn't account for the for why I couldn't stop eating certain foods, why certain foods became an obsession for me, and that I tried to abstain from them and could not. From from an early age, I would try and fail. When I came into AA here in Monterey, California in 1988, there was a, a member who was very vocal and um, he actually wrote the original draft of the OA 12 steps, uh, the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. He was paid to write it and um, it was edited and they uh, added things that he didn't like, in, including um, something about if there are Obviously, we have to abstain from foods that that trigger us or something like that. And he was upset with their, them adding that because he believed that uh, this allergy of the body was not the case when it came to food. He was also an alcoholic. Some of you may have known him. He's dead now. His name was Joe Class. He was a speaker, an OA circuit speaker to some extent and uh, very vocal and very well-spoken. And actually, I, I appreciated him very much because he talked a lot about step three, turning the will and the life over to the care of God. He was very inspiring. But it confused me because I had this allergy of the body and I was being told just, no, no, just work the steps. And uh, if you work the steps well enough, um, you will your problem will be solved and you know um when i do work the steps i don't want those foods that trigger me so maybe he had a point in that you know if i work the steps hard enough i'm not going to want to pick up those foods and i'm going to be in fit spiritual condition and i won't want to pick them up again instead of picking up those foods that trigger this allergy of the body and make me insane. I want to live life. I want to learn how to live life. I want to help others. I want to recover. I want to have a life beyond my wildest dreams that I could not have when I was stuck in that merry-go-round of abstaining and falling off the wagon and trying to abstain because I didn't work the steps adequately and I wasn't abstaining. So the two go together, like what comes first, the chicken or the egg? I don't know, but I know what's best for me is to abstain entirely and work these steps as if my life depends on it because it does. 
And with that, I pass. Thank you, Judy EQ. We have time for um, one or two quickie, quickie shares. Um, we're, we read page XXVI in the big book. Anyone want to share? Penny C. Penny C. Okay, you have two minutes. Okay, thanks a lot. I'll do. I'll do that. Uh, my name is Penny C. Recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. Oh, when I come, we come to these paragraphs talking about allergy, and um, boy, they mean a lot to me. When for so many years I didn't know what was wrong with me, and then I first time I got to a meet, very first meeting, I heard I had a disease, and then it got further explained with the the theory that I had an allergy, which is no longer a theory to me. Uh, it, it's really, it's real. However, when I first heard that, I wasn't so ex- re- receptive. What happened uh, was that, you know, I'm a nurse, and I was sure that the uh, Dr. Silkworth, you know, was using the wrong word. That's how arrogant, and um, I don't know where I was coming from, but I actually sat down to write a letter to Alcoholics Anonymous to let them know that they were using the wrong word, that, that you know, it wasn't really an allergy. And I've come a long way since then because when my sponsor told me to look up the word and it said an ab- abnormal reaction to a substance, that surely was what I have. And um, I have to keep remembering that. And I thank God for this meeting, for Overeaters Anonymous and for AA and for Dr. Silkworth, who had the courage to put forth that theory when he could be could have become the laughing stock of the American Medical Association. And I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Penny C. Um, and we are now at the end of our meeting, and we will have the last part read by, let me see, Carrie, Mo, Mo H, are you, you available to read yes. page 164? Thank you. Yes, I'm here. Okay. Hi, my name is Mo H, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Northern California. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will certainly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.